I was born to make you happy. I think it's just my style. Everywhere I go, telling everyone I know, that I love to see you smile. Don't want to take a trip to China. Don't want to sail up the night. Wouldn't want to get too far from where you are. Cause I love to see you smile. Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome to the film room. We're back after an unintentional hiatus. Yeah, we uh, we lost an episode. We lost virtually a full episode. Um, uh, yeah, we on got a, about 50, 50 minutes in. We will get back. To, we, we're going to get back to that film in a couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, this happens. So we're getting back on the horse today um, after um, you know after the brief time off and. Hopefully you all have been enjoying our um, rant against uh, God's Not Dead. So, you know, and maybe you took the time to seek out if a footman tire you, what will horses do? Because seriously, you need to have seen that movie. Yeah, you need to see it to believe it. Yeah, you don't need... Honestly. Yeah, you don't need to see God's Not Dead, but you so need to see that one. So... Yeah... (sighs) It's time to correct the balance, though. Um, last time we looked at some really not good movies, and uh, in the interim we released a mini-sode in which uh, we discussed a great one. So let's switch gears and let's go. Let's switch gears and let's go great. Today we're discussing the 1989 uh, movie Parenthood. Um, this is a film that probably a lot of us know. Uh, a lot of us probably know it because our parents watched it. Oh yeah. This is a film that uh, was very popular with uh, that generation. Um, And it's a film that maybe some of us don't know. But many of us are becoming parents, myself included. So we decided to revisit the film. And before we get into it, um, I do want to pause to discuss... We're going to go off topic for a moment before we can even get on topic. Because I want to briefly discuss the career of Ron Howard. Yeah, he's one that has a very bumpy career. (laughs) Howard probably has the most uneven career of any director going today. Um, Howard literally, it 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 goes. I mean, for him, it's it's very rare that he does a mixed quality film. For him, it's Peaker Valley, And, and let's be honest, there are there are really probably more valleys than peaks. If we're honest, I mean, I, I hate to say that because I really do think that when he he's, hits on good material, he hits on good material. But Howard, I would really argue, of the constantly working directors, is the most uneven as they come. Uh, he's made films uh, ranging from Apollo 13 is one of my absolute favorite films. Probably the best fictional film made about NASA well, not fictional, because it's... I mean, that movie is so damn well-researched. The mo- the best non-documentary about NASA ever made. A movie that follows what actually happened actually remarkably well. It's... it's that's, that's, that's a tremendous film. Um, you've got the movie that we're going to discuss today. You've got Frost Nixon, which is an excellent film that... Um, oh, I forgot he did that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean... He's very chameleonic in that way. So you've got these really great movies. Um, the one he did before this one was Willow. Yes, he did Willow, um, which yeah, it's your it's it's your call as to how well that one holds up. I I think it's pretty decent. Uh, yeah, I mean either way, it's it's pretty iconic within the culture. Yeah, uh, he got his Oscar for Beautiful Mind, uh, which I would say it should have been for Apollo thirteen. But he did lose to Mel Gibson. Well, he wasn't even nominated, uh, believe it or not, for Apollo 13. And Mel Gibson won that one for Braveheart. So it's kind of it's kind of it's kind of anybody's call as to how that one should have gone because Braveheart has certainly lasted. Um, yeah, but 
you've got that. I mean, that's that's kind of how uh, his career goes. Is it's you you've got those huge peaks. As I said, I think a beautiful mind. It has its issues, and I don't know that I would like it as much if I came to it for the first time uh, at 32, the way that I did when I saw it at uh, uh, 17. I mean, at 17, I thought it was really something special. Um, I don't know that I think that anymore necessarily. But then you, but then you get this. Then, the, but then, but then you'll get on his valleys, and you've got films Ooh. like Ed TV, which is. Which is the Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci Code. He's directed, and then he directed the sequel to that, and he, he and he's doing the third one. He's doing the third one. Um, there's a there is a third one. There is a third one coming. It'll be out this year. It's currently shooting. Uh, yeah, I don't know that anybody wants it, but um, the international sales are so good that it's coming. Uh, it's one of those things. Uh, the Da Vinci Code, like, it has, it's it's one of those things that has, like, all these talents behind it. Um, you know, Tom Hanks is in it, Audrey Chateau is in it, which breaks my heart. Yeah, she's frankly. never, um, she's never gotten what she deserved in the English language. No. And, you know, Ron Howard's behind it, you know, and it's like all these talents coming together and it's still shitty. Yeah. Thank you, Dan Brown. Yeah, I mean that's just that's kind of the emblem of his career that he always has these talented people working for him. Howard, frankly, if I was to really assess why I think he's so uneven, I think the move. I think it's because he's fundamentally dependent upon his scripts. He's mm-hmm. he's a perfectly functional journeyman director who's very good at directing actors, but if he doesn't have a good script. He, you can't do anything. And to be honest, Howard has a very poor eye for material. Yes, you'll get moments like Frost Nixon or Apollo 13 where the scripts are so good that, you know, they're almost impossible to really make a dent in. But you'll then have that reversed and you'll get movies like The Da Vinci Code, Ed TV, or The Dilemma. I mean, what the hell was he thinking, wasting his time on The Dilemma? That's the Vince Vaughn, Kevin James comedy. Oscar-winning directors should not be looking at movies starring Vince Vaughn and Kevin James. Credit where it's due, he does make fun of this fact a lot. Yeah. You know, look no further than season four of Arrested Development. He does have a good sense of humor about it. He does. You know, bless him. But I mean, it's, yeah, he really lays it into himself on that it probably stems from the fact that he's a TV, that he got his start, you know, growing up among TV. And that that's kind of really, I think, where, where his sensibilities lie is with that kind of down-the-middle mainstream stuff. That really seems to be where he's interested. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, he's just, we're just, we, we're such an auteurist culture that it's so strange to see a major director who really and truly is comfortable just being you know, just being mainstream and down, you know, down the middle. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, yeah. It just makes it, it just makes his career strange to study because seriously. Yeah, it is. You may have noticed there was one movie that we didn't discuss mm-hmm. uh, when we were going down the list of his valleys. Let's talk briefly about How the Grinch Stole Christmas because mm. there yeah. is a movie that no matter what, we can all agree he was completely wrong for that movie. Yeah, and it's also probably, barring some strange, weird, niche topic we decide to do uh, at some point, it's probably the only time we'll get to talk about this. Yeah, because we're not going to do it. Everybody else has done it, and I don't want to have to revisit the movie. No, I never, I really never want to see that movie again, as long as I live. That is an ugly, unpleasant movie that misses the point of Dr. Seuss so badly. Yeah. Material materialism is bad, but it's not that bad. Let me just underline this for everybody who is considering making a live-action Dr. Seuss movie. Don't. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work. It doesn't work at all. Aside from some stellar makeup, and Jim Carrey tries. God bless him, he tries as the Grinch. He was, he was his Jim Carrey self. He did exactly what they hired him to do. This is 
this is not a good movie. <laughs> this is this this has a terrible script. It it feels it feels dead in the water. It feels it's ugly and it's unpleasant. It is one of the it is hideous to look at. I mean, it's the colors the color palette on this movie is all wrong. Mm. And I mean, Howard was just completely in over his head on this movie. Um to be blunt, big budget movies are not his area of expertise. He really should kind of stay away from them. Uh, that's something I can definitely say. Yes, Apollo 13 had a huge budget, but it was also a very intimate, small-scale film. It was, yeah, it was, very, it was very grounded. There's really only two major settings in that entire film, after all. True. Howard does not... He was completely out of his league there. I bring that movie up now to make a point that, and to tell a story. That the evening that I saw it, I walked out of it. I was furious. I I was I was pissed. You walked out of well when it was over when when the Grinch was over. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I've never walked out of a movie when it was when it was over. I walked, uh, and I went to the video store and I decided to rent this instead to redeem my night. And so instead, I wound up watching Parenthood uh, that evening as a way of just kind of getting out my stressors. And I wound up writing a review of uh, the movie for uh, the school newspaper. Like, we did a thing where we looked in at older movies, and even though this one was only a... Hell, that the movie was actually uh, younger than, than... Than, like, okay, I saw the... Like, I want... That was 15 years ago. The movie was only 11 years old at that point. It wasn't that much yeah. older, but, you know, high school, different sliding scale of what's older. Right. So that's, that brings us to this movie. And let's lay out the premise just as early... Let's just lay out the premise and get that out of the way now so yeah. that we can... Yeah, it's not it's not a very complex uh, story. It's um, more or less, this is kind of the uh, wellspring from which shows like Modern Family draw their inspiration ensemble stories told from the perspective of uh, a family. You've got Steve Martin plays the central character in the movie. He's a father uh, who is trying to just be the best father he can possibly be. He's trying to be the ideal father. Um, he, he's married to Mary Steenburgen, and uh, they have a son who is a child prodigy. But he's also going through some clear emotional trouble. He, he doesn't fit in. He doesn't... Okay, this character is undiagnosed, but let's call him what he is. Mm -hmm. Today he would have Asperger's Syndrome or high-functioning autism. That's clearly what they were going for, but didn't really have the terminology with this character. Right. Let me tell you, as somebody who's on the spectrum, this character gives off all the signs. Yeah, which is weird, you know, considering that, I hate to bring up Rain Man, but when was Rain Man made? The year before, 1988. And this was a summer 1988, and and this was a summer 1989 movie, so it... So they were kind of made concurrently then, probably. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Yeah, but it's weird to think that uh, it was only, yeah, this would be up, like, about 26 years ago at this point. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's weird to think that uh, it wasn't really that long ago when, um, you know, we discovered that this exists, you know? Or that we started talking about, we certainly didn't start talking about high-functioning variants. I mean, yeah, for many years, and really honestly, still today in the uh, culture, autism, people think of Rain Man. Um, Ooh, I, right. I've, I've addressed Rain Man on the blog. Um I think that whatever issues people have about how it's stigmatized people with autism, I think it's a damn good film, and that's kind of how I have to review it. Is It's as a damn good film. Uh, seriously, there's some great performances in it. It's one of the best things Tom Cruise has ever done. But, you know, there's that. So you've got that. You know, so, that, so that's one plot thread. Uh, Martin has two sisters in the movie, um... One of which is played by uh, Diane Weist, who uh, was in, back when I watched Woody Allen movies, was in uh, my favorite of uh, Allen's, uh, Hannah and Her Sisters. Hmm. Yeah, which... Yeah, she was in a lot of films at that point. My uh, my mom had a few... Uh, she, 
she's prolific and she's she's been a few things yeah and she's great she's great uh and uh I, I think she won an Oscar for uh, Hannah. I'm not certain, but she's great in that. Uh, and, th- and that's that's a great movie that I can't recommend anymore because I don't recommend Woody Allen movies anymore. Uh, yeah, same. Unfortunately, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't patronize Allen's work. Um, that's 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 all I'm gonna say about that. It's not so much about is are the. It's not so much about what's provably false or provably true it's more about what i can now it's about more about what i can certainly look at in his work and see is problematic right i'm I'm sorry alan's works have such serious issues that i can't look past them anymore so there's that weist plays a woman who uh her husband has uh bolted uh she has two kids a daughter who uh is played by martha plimpton who I'm just going to pause to point out, probably a lot of people our generation best know her, ironically, as playing not a teenage daughter, but playing a grandmother on uh, Raising yeah. Hope. Yeah. In this in this movie, she plays a, a, a teenage mother. Weird how that works. Yeah. Well, admittedly, both characters are supposed to be extremely young for the roles they're filling, so... Right. Um, uh, she has a boyfriend played who is a uh, stoner... Well, he's not explicitly stated as a stoner, but is very much that slacker. It's a it's a it's a very young, very goofy Keanu Reeves. Yeah, it's it's a Bill and Ted era Keanu Reeves. Almost exactly. He either shot. He probably. I would guess from looking at the scheduling, he probably shot the the two films contiguously. Almost certainly. Yeah, um, I believe it. Uh, Weist also has a son played by a young actor by the name of Leaf Phoenix, who <laughs> most of us don't know as Leaf Phoenix. Yeah, we will later come to know him as Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, he, he chose to take back his birth name, and uh, yeah, um, uh, I'm just going to say right now that anybody who's looking for early signs of what was to come probably will be disappointed. He doesn't really have a lot to do in this movie. He does. I mean, he does... He does good for what he does, and he does enough. But it's no sign. It's no sign of oh, this guy is going to be one of the major talents of the industry. Right. Yeah, because I mean, Phoenix is a he's a great actor, and I, I I have trouble arguing that. Look, he made Gladiator fun for a few moments, so let's give the guy credit. <laughs> yeah. God, I hate Gladiator so much. So you've got that plot thread, and then you've got um, he has um. Uh, another sister whose husband is intent on raising their child as the perfect child. What's funny about this is that is the uh, husband is played by Rick Moranis almost in a direct inversion of everything we've, we always see him do because he's not playing goofy. He's playing somebody who's trying to be very serious and very focused. It does come off goofy because he's a comedic actor, but it's, it's interesting that he kind of counters that type. Yeah, it's like she's the only, you know, she's the only child. She's like what three, two, yeah, four, somewhere around there. Um, and he's trying to like take advantage of like you know the early childhood learning. You know, like he says in the film, their minds are like sponges. Yeah, you know, without without taking into account any sort of you know fun or you know yeah some you know any sort of childhood childhood uh, yeah childhood exactly yeah and then of course there is uh, there is a fourth child in the family um a more minor subplot um his brother his brother who is uh who shows up he's the black sheep (laughs) he's the black sheep and he shows up surprise he's got a child that nobody knew about Mm-hmm. And uh, he's a gambling addict, and he's frankly not in the film for very long. He's not. No. No. Uh, we quickly understand why he's the black sheep. Yeah. He gets into a bunch of gambling debts. He has bookies after him. He does get rich quick schemes all the time. Like that last that last moment with him in the film is rather heartbreaking. Yeah. You just. You know his father, who, um, it's kind of, it's it's set up at the beginning of the film that he was 
kind of a shitty father to all of them. The father is played by Jason Robards. It's a, a great performance from an actor who rarely gave less than great performances. Yeah. So, yeah, and it's kind of an arc. It's more of an arc for the grandfather than it is for the, uh, you know, because the, the, you know, the son doesn't change. No, he doesn't. At all. He just, that last, that last scene is, you know, him trying to, you know, he's trying to, you know, he can't, he can't, uh, he obviously can't let these people kill his son. Yeah. Monday morning, 8 a.m., you come to work with me at my place. I'm going to teach you the business. Plumbing supplies. And in a few years, I'll retire and you'll take over. Meanwhile, as long as you're working, and if you agree to go to Gamblers Anonymous, I'll keep paying your debt. That's it. Okay. Let me just add a wrinkle. About an hour ago, I got a phone call from an associate in Chile. Big opportunity. Platinum. Now, why don't I just toddle off down there for a couple of months, see if it pans out. If it does, great. If not, we put the Frank Buckman plan into effect. Sound good? Sure. Great. Uh, I could use a little... Uh, 2000 and now? Ample. Ample. Well, better pack. What about cool? Huh? Oh, Jesus. That's a tough one. This is not really the kind of trip that... Listen, how about if... Don't worry about it. And obviously, well, he didn't think that through. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very manipulative. Like, he's, you know, before he goes out the door, he's like, oh, and I'm going to need some money to get down there. It's like, ah, And. Yeah, it's that point that he just, he lets him go. Um, and there's no redemption for this character. That's something that's kind of breathtaking mm -hmm. about this movie is how utterly cynical not cynical, realistic, this movie is, that that character walks out of the film and does not come back. Right. And that's the right ending. That's the right ending. That guy isn't going to get better in real life. He has a conversation with the, with his son. My dad's going away. Yes. He's leaving right away. Yes. Was he ever coming back? And he just flat out tells him, no. 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 Would you like to stay here with us? Yeah. Good. You know, and that's kind of a second chance for him. Yeah. Really, to kind of raise a kid right. This is a movie that is amazing in how utterly willing it is to be completely unsentimental and yet at the same time is a sentimental film like it gets both it's this is a movie that has a very honest realistic look at how things work which is funny because the guys that wrote it are um gans and mandel uh, the two writers that did such movies as i know they worked on ed tv i know they did um city slickers they don't do movies that touch on real honest themes uh, they did splash i believe i don't know what happened here but they really did hit on something special because this is a movie that is completely honest and realistic in its mm -hmm. depiction of things um as we said it's a simple plot it's it follows these families and it follows the turmoil in their stories as each one of them has to come to some measure of Okay, I wouldn't say re resolution is, I think, the proper term. Um, yeah. Martin has to accept that his son isn't going to be the person he's trying to mold him into. Right. Weist has to come to terms with the fact that, yes, she's aging, and, yep, it's going to happen that her son is going to start developing an interest in pornography. 
and uh Ooh. you know he's growing up and her daughter is going to get pregnant that's just how it you know though though the pregnancy isn't really depicted with the dark light that you usually see such things depicted as in movies it's just kind of thrown in there too yeah um it, it is like you know like it would be yeah and uh you know it's just and that's it's that way with that relationship too yeah like the it's just kind of thrown it's just kind of thrown at the uh mother that well her daughter is now married to this guy it's like yeah. oh shit yeah like just a snap decision yeah and kind of the same with the you know the kid just happened just right there yeah and uh how that concludes how that plot concludes is really nice too yeah and i'm glad i i'm glad i watched this film again because i i would not remember this for life of me but like something that kind of shocks the hell out of her son is that you know he she tries to save the marriage and uh yeah you like save their marriage that was really cool well, I give them six months. Four if she cooks. You don't think they're gonna make it? Well, you know, honey, the odds aren't good. Then why'd you see all that? Why'd you try to keep them together? Well, because Julie wants Todd. Whatever you guys want, I want to get for you. That's the best I can do. Though it's strongly implied at the end that no, they're actually gonna go at least a good distance. Uh, Right. And, you know, I mean, it's nice that, as I said, the movie takes a realistic look at things. These are people that are fairly financially well off, and the movie does have that advantage of depicting that, that, okay, they are, which God helps excuse so much in movies mm-hmm. like this. I'm telling you, whenever possible, writers, whenever possible, if you don't want to have to deal with the hard truth of poverty it's okay to make your characters upper middle class i want to stress this yeah which this movie does the movie depicts realistically this the strain that someone like moranis's behavior would take on his family we see that it's killing his wife and Mm -hmm. and that that comes to a very realistic resolution as she finally gets him to ease up yeah that's a nice kind of parting shot for the film is in the uh Nine months later, in the delivery in the delivery room with Todd and uh, what is it, Julia? I, I yeah, I'm, you you remember better than I do. I'm not gonna lie it's it's been uh it's been about a year since I rewatched this movie, and I didn't have time this week. I I had to do my taxes, people. Yeah, I had to do my taxes, people. Yeah, that's important too. That's <laughs> probably more important actually. But yeah, also also speaking of parenthood. I had to go for an anatomy scan for uh my baby. Well, there you go. Yeah, I had to go see. <laughs> we had to go for for those who are curious. Lola, it, little Miss Lola Fay, is growing very healthily. She's getting, she's twelve ounces. Yay. She's getting, she's getting big. Oh, I cannot wait to hold her. Yeah, I saw the I saw the latest picture of Amanda on Facebook. She's it's showing. Yes, Amanda's showing. That's really awesome. Yeah, Amanda is really <laughs> showing. Let me tell y'all. Honey, please don't punch yeah. me if you hear this. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm the one. I'm the one who brought that that particular part up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Amanda's actually very proud of the fact that she's showing. Uh, oh yeah, you know. But there, but that's just that's just it. That's what's running through this movie is that thread of these people. You know, going beginning back to the nine months later part. Yeah, yeah. There is that nice. Yeah, little, yeah. That. That shot where you, you know, it pans around to each of the characters and you see the Rick Moranis character uh, actually, like, for one, he's actually, uh, he actually has his daughter in his arms and she's wearing, like, a uh, thing with, like, bug. Yeah. I, can't, I don't even know what those are called. Yeah. yeah I know exactly what you're talking it, about. It's, it's a silly, yeah, it's like a silly, it's a silly hat thingy. Yeah. But the point is that he's actually kind of letting her be a kid. And mm-hmm. uh, you pan around, you see that Todd and that Todd has grown his hair back. Yeah. Yes, Todd and Ted. Boy. Todd. 
Yeah. Yeah, that's Oh, yeah, true. God. But yeah, they one of the minor subplots is they cut off their hair just because they're impulsive as hell. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they've grown their hair back and and you see you kinda see how uh the family's doing nine months later on and it's good. Yeah, it's it's positive. It's realistic. It's something that you would really expect these people to be going through. Yeah, which by the way, something I did not connect until just now, you know, she says, Oh, I give them six months. Well it's nine months later and well, they're still together. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's what I was getting at it, that the movie makes it clear. No, they're and you know, since we're since we're discussing Reeves and character, can I just pause to note how really damn good he is in this movie? Yeah. I mean Keanu, oh. Keanu Reeves always gets trashed as a not good actor, and I don't agree with that at all. I actually think Reeves is a superb no. actor. Yeah, that's extremely unfair. The best uh what I regard as the as the best film or as the best moment in the entire film is the moment after he talks to uh, her son, you know, about the birds and the bees. Yeah. And it's a good scene. Like, he he talks about, you know, he it's the first time that she kind of sees him as somebody who's, well, maybe he's not that stupid. No. You know, he's, you know, he does give him a nervous talk. A few months ago, Gary got his first boner. You know what that is? If memory serves. Oh, great. Anyway, since then, he's been, uh, slapping the salami. No offense. No. Apparently, he's going for a world record. He was afraid there was something wrong with him, you know? Like he was a pervert or something. I told him that's what little dudes do. We've all done it. That made him happy. Gary was happy? Yeah. He even smiled. <laughs> I never even knew he had teeth. <laughs> I guess a boy Gary's age really needs a man around. Yeah. Well, mm. depends on the man. I had a man around. He used to wake me up in the morning by flicking lit cigarettes at my head. Hey, asshole, get up. And make me breakfast. You know, Miss Buckman, you need a license to buy a dog. Or drive a car. Hell, you need a license to catch a fish. But they'll let any butt-reaming asshole be a father. And that's kind of this yeah. movie in one line. I mean, and, and seriously, I mean, yeah. Reeves is so good in this movie that it really is kind of... Fr- I mean, I think people sometimes forget how good his range is. I mean, he's always tarred with that, well, he doesn't have much range. No, he actually has fine range. He just doesn't get to show it much. I mean, okay. Right. When you've got bad scripts that you can't really do much with, I'm sorry. There's really not much that anybody's going to be able to do with 47 Ronin, okay? That movie was a mess. But if you give him something like John Wick or the gift where he's really allowed to show some strength he's quite good mm-hmm. i mean i'm looking forward to john wick too i'm i'm that's a character i'm down for a franchise with mm-hmm. that's that's gonna be fun um but he really he's good here weast is excellent in her thread she again she's always great she's one of those actresses for whom she's never not great but mm-hmm. she's excellent here very warm and you know very you can feel her frustration you can feel that she's somebody who's going through pain she's dealing with aging she's not okay with the fact that she's getting older yeah baby your daughter's having a baby a baby you're gonna be a grandma no 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 i'm too young you know, grandmothers are old. They bake and they sew and they tell you stories about depression. <laughs> I was at Woodstock, for Christ's sake. I peed in a field. I've hung onto the host helicopters and flew away. I was at Woodstock. Oh, yeah? I thought you looked familiar. Yeah. 
course, Woodstock wasn't that far removed at that point in time. It was 20 years. Right. Uh, but that's the yeah. whole point. Is it's <laughs> These characters are now 20 years removed from that era of their lives. And time's only speeding up. Um, I mean, that's... You know, it's another instance where um, the film... It, where the film itself hasn't really dated at all. No. Um, and that that's the only line that dates it, but at the same time, that just makes it more relevant. Yeah, because you, it, 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 it firmly embeds it in a time and place, but the ideas this movie has to, has to discuss are just as relevant today as ever. I mean, the idea of parents trying to make their children super kids, the, the idea of... You know, right. all these questions, all this stuff, it's timeless. And it's why the movie still remains one that people go to. So, of course, you know, there's also the opposite of, you know, trying to make your kid the super kid, which is not trying to fuck up your kid. Yeah. <laughs> or trying not to fuck up your kid, which is what Steve Martin is dealing with. You know, because it's established early on, yeah, his father was a shitty father and he took him to to a baseball game. Like, once a year for his birthday and just left him in the care of an usher while he went and bet on horse races. And, well, no wonder his, his other son had a gambling problem, Jesus. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice, subtle touch. Yeah, it is. You know, and it's, you know, and it's probably also subtly implied there that he, that's where he took his other son. Yeah. Um, I'm telling you, that's some real quality writing here. It is, yeah. Very, very detailed. It gets deep in there. But yeah, and he has a bunch of fantasy, like he, he's the only one who has fantasy sequences in the film. Uh, you know, there's the scene at the baseball game, he, he coaches a little league team, which his son is in, and all the other teammates basically kind of hate him, because he's, you know, he's not very good at the game, but he's in there anyway. And he has a fantasy of him being, it's like, oh yeah, I'm gonna put my son at second base, and he's gonna do so well, and he's gonna be valedictorian at his at his high school, I forgot his high school or college, uh, graduation, and you know he's gonna thank his father for pushing him to do well, and so on and so forth. And when when he fails to catch the ball and loses the team the game. first movies where martin really started to show off his chops as a serious dramatic actor i mean this is still a comedy yeah but martin really shows how capable of a because this is a two years before father of the bride and yeah he's, he's oh, yeah, i forgot about that yeah which is a wonderful film and uh he's he's quite good here um martin is a remarkably capable actor um and as a writer a very sensitive uh, uh you know that's uh, he really specializes mm-hmm. in people with serious emotional trouble i've read a number of uh i've read a couple of his novels and they're superb pieces of writing really first rate stuff and so yeah this is really where we started to see that okay yeah he's capable of tremendous goofiness but this is where you start to see just how deep he can go and uh, it helps that he's working alongside Mary Steenburgen, who is just first of all, let's let's you got to give Steenburgen credit for the fact that she is working a hell of a lot more than a lot of actresses her age often wind up doing. You know, she's still working constantly. She's on uh, Last Man on Earth. Oh, is she really? Yeah, yeah, she's on that. Um, the the year before this, um, uh, this is a strange connection. 
again, I didn't pick up until now. Uh, she was in Back to the Future Three, and of course, one of the one of the what's her name? Son uh, hides his porn collection in a in a brown bag. Yeah, which he further hides in uh, the slip cases of regular movies, and one of them is Back to the Future. Ha! Huh, you're right. <laughs> so weird little connection you're right. there. Because this was this was pre- because uh, a year later she'd be in uh, Back to the Future uh, Part Three. Part Three, yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if she filmed uh, that right after this. Probably, probably. Um, so many connections, so many connections. Uh, and yeah, she uh, again. She's what's interesting is she's still routinely um, cast um, as. Uh, Strangely enough, her her characters tend to still be she still tends to get cast for uh, roles where she she's supposed to be uh, eye candy. Strangely enough, like because she does that on th- she does that on Thirty Rock and uh, she's introduced I know on Last Man on Earth with a reference to that. Uh, that's something that she se- that just seems to follow her. Yeah. she's she's great. She, it, it's it's unique and it's awesome and. It's well deserved. She's she is a tremendous talent still to this day. Yeah, looking at her filmography, she has constantly worked. Yeah, which is rare. And of course, got to note yeah. that she's a North Little Rock native. Got to note that she's a North Little Rock native. Oh, nice. Uh, and still maintains in a lot of ties to the area. Actually, yeah, she. In fact, she has a. In fact, uh, uh, she and uh, Ted Danson have an apartment in downtown Little Rock. Actually, really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they 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 stay they they keep ties to the area, and so yeah. One thing I do want to want to point out about uh, her character, and this is what I was trying to build to, is that they have is that she and Martin have something. It's it's a very this is a very sex positive film, by the way, which is really kind of it strange is. in 1989 for a PG thirteen mainstream comedy. But this is a very sex positive film. Uh, we keep hitting on these. I've noticed. Yeah, which is great. There's the scene where, you know, because, okay, the movie establishes that masturbation is normal, that teenagers have sexual urges, and, you know, that teen pregnancy, well, okay, maybe it's not ideal, is something that happens, you know, that, you know... Yeah, uh, and also, and also women do it too, all ages. Yeah, yeah, that comes up in the movie. Yes, yeah, it's it's a movie that has a very positive uh, effect. I mean, it's isn't it implied that uh, the uh, gambling son that he had an interracial relationship? If I'm correct, me if I'm remembering, yeah, yeah, yeah because the son, yeah, no, clearly you remember mi- right? The, yeah, because the son's clearly his, mixed race. Yeah, his son is mixed race. Yeah, I mean, about the only thing that's missing from this movie, and this would is is just really honestly chalk up to the fact that it's 1989. Is there's no reference of homosexuality or anything like that in the movie? Yeah, that would change if it was made today. You say if it was made today, um, the, it I th- it just spawned a TV series that Which had six seasons, very loosely based, very loosely. It's more that the very idea loosely. is taken forward. I don't know. I never saw it. I've heard the show is very popular because I know that they did in fact go on ahead and include an um, an Asperger syndrome character. Um, I know the show is very, very well liked. Um, I haven't seen it. I've heard it's quite good. I, look, I just don't have enough time in my life. I'm sorry. The X Files is st- is uh, currently running. Forgive me if I'm <laughs> so good. Yeah, by for, the way, forgive you if you pick and choose one thing yeah. over the next. But yeah, oh, it's so good. By <laughs> the way, it, seriously, I am loving the revival. I am very happy with it. Um, and I will. I will have a podcast. I will have a full podcast up um, when it's over on my thoughts on it. But yeah, I mean, but that's just it. This is a very. Uh, there's the scene where um, Steenburgen, uh performs oral sex on Martin in the car, and well, it doesn't go well. There's the inevitable yeah. car crash gag. <laughs> but yeah, this is a movie that it's just it's a very positive movie. I mean, it really is. It doesn't treat it as anything but normal. And honestly, that's still refreshing to this day. I mean, the fact that this was a... I mean, this is a movie that probably would not 
the fact that it was made as a TV series probably is where this would have likely gone. And I don't think that's so much a, a, a critique on the movie industry as much as it is you'd have the time to really play all of these stories out. As it stands, we're just getting snippets of them. Whereas TV would tell, whereas I could see that TV would allow all of these stories to be played out with much more detail. So I, I can see that being a positive thing. This is, this is still a wonderful movie. And, and, and I, I think that's really kind of about all that I can say about it is that this is still a wonderful movie. This is still a movie that holds up, that endures. Yeah, it's still it's still relevant, and uh, I wouldn't be surprised if it. This morning I was searching around for it. You know, I have a few places where I can uh, get my movies. I must mention uh, legal places, like truly. Um, and I was searching around, and yeah, it was on. It was on. Uh, it's currently running on the. Uh, uh, Stars Encore, and that's how I saw it. Yeah, I mean, so, and that's yeah, just, I mean, it is a staple. It is a staple of TV, but it, it should be, and that's because it, it's it really is kind of timeless. I mean, yeah, yeah, this is just a good quality film. And if I'm kind of running out of things to say about it this early in the cast, it's just because it's a good quality film. And we've been talking for an hour. <laughs> yeah, and it's not a movie that I have to dissect too deeply. It's just a really strong, lovely little film. We need more movies like this. Uh, this is this is a good one. It's very it's a it's a very simple film at two hours. It is <laughs> um, simple but deep. I just I dug it. I I, I dug it. So that's yeah. that's kind of my take on this movie. Is I dug it. Oh, same. Yeah, I I saw this movie as a little 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 kid, and it stuck. It's just, it's, it's well worth it. Um, yeah, it's, it, just commenting on that, it's funny how many things you take away from it as a little kid. Uh, I'm talking like, six, seven, eight, and you, and you revisit as an adult, and everything just makes so much more sense. Mm -hmm. I think I'm going to have that reaction when I go back to it. Um. So, I mean, because I'll probably go back to it shortly after Lola arrives. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I I would recommend that. Yeah. So this is this is a good one. Um, so we should probably look at what's what's ahead. We've just gone with one movie where uh, we've just gone with one ensemble piece where Jason Robards plays a father. Now we're gonna jump in and do another. Nice, and that's. That's one I know I have easy access to because it's on, I forgot what it's on. It's on Netflix or something that something that's within my reach. It's it's there, and that's also one that both you and Thomas have been getting on me to see. So yeah, we're going to yes, we're next week we're going to cover one of my favorite movies. Um, Magnolia is this is this is a movie. Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and spoil it. Magnolia is a masterpiece and. So we're going to be uh, we're going to be hitting on that next week, and we will have a special guest. Um, yeah. So yeah. Well, you can find the cast at source at thefilmroom.podbean.com, and you can uh, you can find us on iTunes. Also, it usually posts the day after it does on there. We're a little hard to find in the iTunes department. Not that hard. Um, you'll find us. Our faces are on the logo. We're pretty clearly labeled. Yeah. But, uh, but to remedy that, please rate and review us because the more you do that, uh, the more like the the further up the line we pop up, and we'll just be there when you search for us. So, yeah, subscribe, do all that good stuff on the iTunes feed. Uh, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, if you you know if you get any enjoyment out of this at all. <laughs> yeah, you can find us on the Twitters at at FilmRoomCast. I am at PrimitiveManPRD. Austin is at UntitledUser, and we still have the secret Twitter. And and that's kind of been fun, too. Like, yeah. We still pick and pry at the secret Twitter. We're gonna uh, reveal it 
one of these days in the next couple so, months. Yeah, soon enough. Um, <laughs> hint yes, for people. That's hint. There's a very specific. There's a very specific cast. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com/slash/thefilmroom. Uh, we post pretty parallel to the to the Twitter, although it's different because it's Facebook. Um, yeah. But yeah, we are we are there. We are almost to 600 likes. Holy crap! Yeah, we love you guys. We love you all. Um, I am I'm amazed at that. You can also find us uh our nostalgia at the film room lobby. Also, um, it's gonna be very busy come oh April. Um, mm. yes, it will be. <laughs> yes, it will be. Um. You can find that all that goodness at thefilmroomlobby.wordpress.com. Let's see what else is there. Oh, yeah, the Patreon. Yes, let's please. <laughs> yeah. Um, we appreciate your support. We really do. Your continued support. It means the world to us. Um, Nathan, thank you. Bridget, also thank you. Amanda, thank you. Daisy, thank you. Sheila, thank you. And Sean from No Totally. Thanks. We will uh, we will check in with you guys. Uh, oh, the email. You can email us at filmroompodcast at gmail.com. So, we w- we'll be around. We'll be around, y'all. Oh, we will be. Okay, come on. We're way behind because of yesterday's bomb threat, so let's get going. Why do birds suddenly appear every time you are near? Just like me, they long to be close to you. Nathan, please, I'll lose my job. Why do stars twinkle in the sky every time you walk by, just like me, they long to be close to you. Nathan, we're trying so hard to keep these kids off drugs. On the day that you were born, the angels got together and decided to create a dream come true. This was the song from our wedding. So they sprinkled moon dust in your hair and golden sunlight in your eyes so blue. It's a wedding kind of a song. That is why all the guys in town, guys in town, follow you, follow you, all around, all around. Just like me, they long to be close to you. Ah, close to you. Nathan, you're crazy. Ah, close to you. Susan, I love you. Please come home.